computer. Fantastic. Okay, so welcome everyone. Today we are going to be talking about how to simplify any recipe. Yay. Uh, <clears throat> oh gosh, <laughs> starting with starting a bit croaky. It's early in the morning here. And I wanted to start with uh, what I call Clancy's Law of Cooking. And this is something like a mindset or an idea that I want you to take away with you from this. And it's just this idea that if you think something is going to taste delicious, it usually does. And this is this is so true, but also particularly important when we're simplifying recipes. So we'll talk more about that later, but I wanted to start with that and get you thinking about this idea that you have much more wisdom than you than you than you think and that you can trust your instincts. Okay, so I like to keep these sessions as interactive as possible. So just ask questions as we go, either uh, type in the chat or just unmute yourself and shout out. Don't worry about interrupting me. I, I welcome all questions. So I think like these sessions, the more interactive they are, the more um, more fun it is. <laughs> and we're here to have fun as well as to learn stuff. So our plan for today is... First, I'm going to share the story behind this masterclass and why I decided to run it. And then we're going to talk about the simplifying mindset because everything we do, it's really important to get our thoughts straight first. Then we're going to actually go into the tactics and we're going to, I'm going to share with you seven time-tested techniques to simplify any recipe. Um, so in, within that, we're going to cover you know, exactly which ingredients you can leave out or replace and then, you know, which steps you can skip to save you time and effort without sacrificing flavor because we're all here for the deliciousness. Um, and then we're going to have got some, a couple of people have submitted examples. So we're actually going to do some like uh, what's done with you examples where we're going to specifically apply those techniques that we're learning to, to different recipes. Um, and then we're going to talk about, before we finish up, we'll talk about how to avoid the most common simplifying mistakes. And so that's a plan. In terms of story, so one of the things I love hearing from my students goes something like this. Um, and someone actually wrote this to me once a few years ago. They said, you've spoiled me for other recipes. When I open a cookbook and see the long, long list of ingredients and the method which takes up the whole page, I just think too hard <laughs> and turn back to stone soup. Um, so, yeah, like that's something that I think is great. And, you know, it would be great if people cooked my recipes all the time. But the thing is that there's there's so many amazing ideas and cookbooks out there. And I think... You know, it's great to use my stuff, but it's actually teaching you this skill it's of learning to simplify yourself is so helpful because then you have that freedom. It's like this idea of like, you know, teaching a man to fish, giving a man a fish versus teaching them to fish. So this is the, the idea here. I was like, yeah, like I've been meaning to do this class for a long time, actually focusing on simplifying recipes so this is why this I want to give you this skill and just so you like for those of you that aren't so familiar with with my work so back in like 2010 when I was starting my business I actually made a pledge to cook only recipes with five ingredients and since then I've expanded it out over the years expanded it out give myself a little bit more wiggle room and and I use six ingredients these days and <clears throat> but the thing that's amazed me like over like 13 years of doing this and is that 
the like so many times like and it's even still today like I'll think uh this probably is going to need something else but when I keep it really simple it generally tastes amazing as it is like I'm always surprised at that um, so that's been like the shocking discovery over this journey is just how good that simple food can taste and often it tastes better because like there's there's more pure like I don't know just the simple combination of ing- ingredients tends to make things taste really good and it's kind of counterintuitive because as humans we want to complicate things and add more and more but it's actually like when we cut things back and keep it really simple that's when like the ingredients can shine and yeah like we can get really amazing results Jules, I, uh, I have a question for you about that yeah go Lisa so um I recently bought a 21 season combination in a little grinder and it was pretty good but I wondered what you would think about that like is that simplifying to buy a pre-made thing of 20 different absolutely or, or do you just stick no you think that's all right I mean yeah, absolutely. <laughs> well there you there but they're they're adding 21 ingredients so you're not having to worry about it Lisa so yeah there's okay. totally a time and place for that and actually you're skipping ahead that's one of our techniques <laughs> to, so <laughs> sorry yeah. yeah no amazing yeah great great question Lisa yeah so that's the story behind so I've had a lot of experience with simplifying things and I'm still to this day like I'll think even last night I was like uh I made a um, teriyaki salmon and cauliflower rice right so just an oven like just put the frozen salmon and the cauliflower frozen cauliflower rice in the oven and an oven tray I could call it an oven supper and drizzled over a little bit of teriyaki marinade and I was thinking oh I should add I could add this I could serve it with this and then I was like no I'm going to keep it really simple I'm just going to serve it with pickled ginger and some um and some fried, not fried shallots, um, green onion, like sliced up green onion. And I was thinking I can add more if I want to, but I didn't. It was so delicious. There was so much flavor going on. It was really great. Um, anyway, so let's talk about, so that's a story. Now, in terms of simplifying mindset, and, and for those of you that have worked with me in co- a coaching container, you know that like I, one of the things that I teach and as I've become a coach is that we really need to pay attention to our thoughts. And even for something like really practical and skill-based like cooking, the thoughts that we have about cooking really determine our experience of cooking. And so whenever I do any coaching, whether that's helping someone to change a relationship with alcohol or to lose weight or change a relationship with food or to learn to cook or to learn to simplify recipes as we are today, we always bring it back to our thoughts and just check in with our mindset before we start learning strategies and tactics and and skills and techniques. Because if your mindset is, you know, this isn't going to work, I can't do this, I don't know what I'm doing, then you're going to feel really unsure of yourself. And no matter how, like, many, like, you know, concepts you learn, it's going to be really hard for you to apply them successfully. Whereas if your mindset is going into it where you're thinking, you know, I can do this or, um, you know, I'm not like another big thing that really trips us up is this fear of failure, particularly if we're, <clears throat> we're doing something like this where we're going to be simplifying recipes and we're having to think for ourselves a bit here. And <clears throat> fear of failure is a big thing that comes up. So if we just have it, our mindset is, that we, there is no failing, only learning. If we're approaching it with that, um, that gentle 
curious mindset, then we're way more likely to try. And it doesn't matter so much if we make mistakes because we're going to learn something from it. So first mind, simplifying mindset is this one. Yeah. That there is no failing, only learning. So if you if you try to simplify something and it doesn't work out as well as you'd like, or it's a complete disaster, like like at the very least you've learned something like you've learned what not to do right and so we want to just approach this simplifying from there really isn't a lot to learn and as we when we talk about the mistakes really the most likely thing is that it's just not going to taste as good as you were hoping right so you're going to feel a bit disappointed but really like feeling a little bit disappointed is worth it for the potential that you're going to be blown away <laughs> like you're going to be surprised like I constantly am so I want to start with this 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 mindset that it's there's I'm, I'm, there's no failing I'm just going to learn something and also an, another helpful thought with this this simplifying work is that I can always add more, right? So my salmon dinner that I had last night, I could have always grabbed some chili. I could have always put more, drizzled more sauce on. I could have grabbed some nuts to it, added some nuts to it if I wanted some extra texture. Like there was, like there's always something I could do to add more. So when we're simplifying, like we can start out, but when we taste it, like we don't, it's not that we're like, when we taste it, we're locked into this, like this is it, like we can always add more things to it later. So that's our two kind of key mindsets that I want you to keep with you when you, when we're, when we're, when we're, when you're going through this. And then also after this class, when you're actually out in the kitchen or when you're thinking about simplifying, we want to approach it from this, this, there's no failing. I'm only going to learn something and I can always add more. Um, and also remember our Clancy's law of cooking. So if you think something's going to taste delicious, it usually does. So if you're not that confident as a cook, just remember like how many years you have as an eater and how every you've been eating multiple times a day for years. So you know your taste buds really well. You know what flavor combinations work for you. You know what ingredients you love. And um, so it's just tuning into that and letting yourself trust yourself that you can do this. Like if you think it's going to taste delicious, it usually does. So that's our three mindset things to take with us on our journey. So now let's dive into our seven time-tested techniques. Uh, so I'll actually go through the seven um, quickly and then we'll go through each one in detail. So our, our seven time-tested techniques, the first one is to look for duplicate ingredients. The second one is to look for critical ingredients. The third one is to look for cheat or substitute um, or substitute in ready-made or compound ingredients like Lisa's 21 um, spi ingredient spice blend. Number four is to simplify the flavorings. Number five is to simplify the accompaniments or remove accompaniments or remove a component. Number six is to skip a step in the method. And number seven, which is the most advanced one, is to actually change the cooking technique. So that's to give you the top line view. And I'll be posting the notes with the replay so you don't have to, to take notes. Um, so our seven time-tested techniques. So this first one is the easiest one. And this is the one that I recommend really practicing in the beginning, particularly if you're looking at someone else's recipe. The first thing to look for is duplicate ingredients. So um, when we go through the example, you'll see this, but you just want to look through and go, okay, 
what here looks like they've got a couple of different ingredients that are really doing the same thing. So the most common one that you'll see is leafy herbs where they'll have like mint and coriander, like cilantro and parsley and you know, maybe another herb in there as well. Um, so that's an easy thing to when you see that to go, oh, actually, I don't need all three of those herbs. They're all just like kind of leafy herbs that are adding freshness. I could choose just one. Um, or often you'll see um, like tomato, it might have like canned tomatoes or tomato um, to put tomato and some fresh tomatoes and some tomato paste. Like I've seen recipes that have all, the, all three ingredients and really like it's just adding some tomato. So you could just forget the tomato paste and forget the um, fresh tomatoes maybe and just use canned tomatoes. So what it's all about when we do this, it's all about looking for ingredients that have like any duplicate or the same function um, I, i'm just checking in the in the chat scott said um i can always add more is so true with my mexican recipe so easy to fall into the trap of more more spices <laughs> um yeah there we go um, but if it's my lunch good enough just cuts down the prep and cleanup time yes yeah so okay so we'll stay focused Jules. <laughs> um, so yeah we want to look for duplicate ingredients so so, and or ingredients that have the same function and then just choose one or two to, to do that. So, for example, often you'll see like a, a recipe might have like onion and garlic and say it's got chives as well. And so all those, <clears throat> those three ingredients are providing, oh, it's just going to, excuse me, I'm just going to. Mute. Great. I love this mute function when you've got a croaky voice. Um, yeah. So, so if you think of like onion, garlic and chives, they're all providing that kind of oniony complexity, those base notes to a recipe. So you really are, like, I very rarely would use garlic and onion in, in the one recipe. So what I would do instead is just choose one and I just like, okay, maybe it's going to be garlic today. Maybe it's going to be onion, or I might just choose, choose to, to serve it with chives on top. And we've like, and by doing that, I'm not going to have to spend that extra time to cook down the onion first. So, so you can see like, like this is the really, this is the low hanging fruit with simplifying recipes is just to look, you know, what, what here is providing the same function and how can I just choose one of those ingredients rather than going for all of them. So that's pretty self-explanatory, but remember just shout out or type in questions as we go, if you have any. Then our next one is to look for critical ingredients. So once I've like removed the like the easy du duplicates, <laughs> like and they, like that low hanging fruit, then I actually, if I'm wanting to really simplify something, I'll look take it from like so when you then I'll look back and kind of take it from the other angle of looking at the big picture and going, okay, well what are the really critical ingredients to this recipe? What are the things that make this recipe good and so generally like you've got to like if you look at think about the title that will give you an idea so if it's like lemongrass chicken then okay you're probably going to, going to want to keep some lemongrass and you're going to need to keep the chicken or some sort of protein um, but all the other ingredients that are in there like they're up for negotiation so that can be another place to start is go okay well I need lemongrass and I need chicken but is there anything else here that 
that feels superfluous so that I just don't don't that I could experiment with not using um and if you want to like get really radical with your simplifying like that is a an opportunity to be really ruthless but when you're starting out with this as a new skill don't you don't have to push it too hard but just that can be a, a helpful mind frame like a mind a, a helpful check-in is go okay so I'm making meatballs like I need meatballs but what else can I like what can I what can I root? so it's just another question to ask yourself is like what's really critical here okay then our next one is the next step, in a, and this is usually when I'm simplifying, this is this the order that I go through them. So the next one is um, to use cheat or to substitute in like um, compound ingredients or ready-made ingredients rather than doing things from scratch. And I think there's a thing in cooking, like it's a bit of a, you know, particular, a lot of recipe writers and chefs is like, you know, it's so much better to be doing things from scratch. And, you know, I, like, and people have a lot of pride about doing things from scratch. And yeah, there's a time and place for everything. And sure, like, you know, go for it if that's, if you're really excited about making your own spice blends or making your own sauces. However, there's also a time and place for like keeping it simple and letting, and the, th and the thing is that these days, there's some really amazing like producers out there that are making amazing ingredients for us to use that have saved us a lot of time, that have done done things for us. And there's no shame in doing that. And I do use it all the time. Like last night, I could have made up my own teriyaki sauce. I have, kind of have an idea of one in my mind, but I went, no, I'm just like, I, I started buying one and like easy. <laughs> like, um, there's, and I like, I didn't sit down to that dinner thinking, oh, well, I didn't make my own teriyaki sauce. This isn't really, I didn't really cook it. Like I was like, this is delicious. It doesn't matter how I got there. So um, there's, yeah, I really want you to like look for opportunities to like cheat as much as possible. And actually I think rather than calling it cheat, I think it's actually like being strategic with this. It's like look for opportunities to be efficient is probably a better way to say, say that as much as possible. I'm going to I want to change my notes. I'm going to actually write myself a note. Because cheating feels like you're doing a dodgy job, whereas being efficient feels good, doesn't it? It's like, yeah, like I'm like maximizing my time here. So love that idea. Um, okay, coaching as we go. Um, so, yeah, we want to look for opportunities to be as efficient as possible. Like there really aren't any prizes for cooking everything from scratch every time. <laughs> and actually, you know, sometimes you might like to try doing things from scratch. I, I used to make my own Thai curry pastes and I would like go get all the galangal, get like get all these fancy ingredients and blend it up. And in the end, it like it generally didn't taste that much better than the stuff out of the jar. So I was like, I'm just going to from now on just buy it. If I'm making curry, Thai curry, it's just coming from a jar and I'm happy with that. Um, so examples of things that like cheat ingredients. So I mentioned my curry pastes, curry powder as well, like spice blends, like Lisa's spice blend, amazing. Using frozen vegetables, that is like one of my favorite, favorite efficient ingredients because then you don't have to chop them up and like they're just, they're, they're waiting there for you. They don't go bad. They're just waiting for you in the freezer. You just open the pack and cook them straight from frozen. So um, they are a lifesaver for me. I love, love my frozen veg. Um, what else have we got? Uh, uh, things like like pesto and hummus, um, you know, th all those sauces, all, all those dips that you get in the dip section, like the, you get eggplant dips or avocado, like those can make, make amazing sauces. So like there's no shame in using those. 
um, making stock, like using bought stock, like, yes, it does taste better if you make your own, but, <clears throat> but really like I stopped making stock a long time ago. So um, using like pre, pre like veggies from the deli. So like, you know, those antipasto veggies. So like grilled peppers or um, grilled eggplant, like those pre cooked veggies can be really helpful I always have a jar of grilled grilled um, grilled peppers in the pantry because they just it's an easy way to add that pepperiness um, and they're already peeled and you don't have to blacken them and do all that ready-made pastry so frozen pastries if I'm I do occasionally make pastry myself but generally if I want to, to make a pie I'll just use um, the frozen stuff um store-bought barbecue chicken so cooked protein you know definitely no shame in that like picking up a chicken from the from the supermarket on the way home or like pre-boiled eggs if you're lucky enough to live somewhere where it has pre-boiled eggs another good um good compound ingredient to think about using is i often use sausage meat in um in rather than using like plain ground or ground or minced meat because the sausage will already have some seasoning and some some flavor flavors to it so <clears throat> that that can keep it really simple. Oh, I'm just going to, excuse me, cough again. Love the mute button. Okay, so that's a cheap ingredient. So you, you get the idea there. So if you see an ingredient and you think, oh, that might be fun to try, like get it, try it, see how it goes. Um, yeah, the worst thing that happens is that it doesn't taste as good as you, when you make it from scratch and then you can make it from scratch. But what you might decide is like for weeknights, this is actually a really good option. Like buying commercial hummus might be a really good option for weeknights. But then on the weekends when you've got more time, you might like to still make your own hummus from scratch. So, oh, another one that I really love is like cooked legumes, like canned chickpeas and and lentils and beans like rather than having to soak and cook and like take all that time you're just grabbing a can of those it's so much easier okay so number four is to simplify the flavorings and <clears throat> this is the like probably one of the biggest lessons i've learned from cooking with less ingredients is that um taking away additional flavoring flavorings can actually improve a dish it's kind of a bit counterintuitive uh, because as humans we want to add more 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 just like just to, and complicate things um, but so many times when I go okay like so say so that lemongrass chicken example it might also have garlic and ginger and some chili in it <laughs> and so I've, I'm like rather than having like garlic ginger and chili and lemongrass I might decide I'm going to go do ginger and lemongrass or I might just decide to do lemongrass and oftentimes just that that simple version the lemongrass version <clears throat> will be better than if I've got the 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 ginger going in and like I've got the um, and garlic as, as well or just a garlic chicken like so and I think it does take a little bit of confidence to do that to simplify the flavorings but when you approach it from this like I've got nothing to lose, like I'm going to learn something here, mindset, then that gives you that confidence to give it a go. And also remembering, well, I can always add some more at the end. So I could have always, if I like lemongrass chicken, say if I took the, if I didn't, if I just did lemongrass and I didn't do ginger and garlic and chili, I could always add some chili at the table or I could always grate some fresh ginger over at the table if I decided it needed something else. So there's really, um, 
Yeah. So I tend to like my kind of rule of thumb when I'm creating my own recipes is to, I could think about them as flavor bombs, but just think about like what's one or two main flavorings I want to use in this dish rather than throwing everything at it. And so when you're simplifying other people's recipes, you can look through and go, oh, what, what's like, what's the thing that's going to excite me most? And like the like when you read that in green, when you're thinking, oh, yum, when I think about adding that, like just choose a couple of those, maybe three max to be your, your lead flavors, just knowing that that's going to be enough. Okay. And then number five, um, simplifying accompaniments or removing a whole component. So this is getting into a bit more advanced, but, um, Often like recipes can be simplified by removing like a whole component to it. So um, let me see. I haven't. Yes. Yeah. So like if, say you've got a stir fry that might also call for to serve it with fried rice and some leafy herbs, like rather than having like the, the, um, the rice, I might just skip the rice. I, I would just skip the rice and serve it with the herbs and just knowing that I would like, it's not going to serve as many people if I don't have the carbs bulking it out, but you know, that's saving me from having to cook a whole separate component for that, that meal. Um, so this one, I'm not just trying to think of another example for removing a component. So generally it's like removing a side or um, removing a, a garnish or just something that's like, yeah, I can just skip that. <laughs> that. Um, and so when we look at our recipes, I'll give you better examples of that. Um, but yeah, it's just when you're thinking through and actually if, like if you're looking through a recipe and there's different sections to the ingredients or there's different sections to the, the recipe, you could look through and think, oh, do I really need that stuffing? Like, could I just skip that? Or do I really need that, that, that vegetable on the side? Maybe I could just skip that. So just simplifying the, the accompaniments is a really big way to simplify. And you'll notice a lot of my, my recipes, I'm not serving them like with, you know, five different vegetables. It's just, yeah, I'm going to serve this with baby spinach or I'm going to serve this, it's going to be broccoli with this or whatever it is. Like just, there's just one component, one accompaniment rather than a whole heap of sides. And I think yeah, when we're in restaurants, great, order lots of sides. But when you're cooking at home, like the more one pot, one tray dishes that you make you have in your repertoire like just the, the easier it is so because generally if there's an accompaniment there's like an extra like that fried rice like there'll be an extra pan to cook, cook there so it's a whole extra pan to clean up so by removing that it's just keeping it simple um okay so that's simplifying the accompaniments next one is to skip a step in the method so this one again getting into a little bit more advanced stuff and can be a little bit tricky to master but some of my favorite examples of this is like if I'm in a rush it's like it's going for roasted nuts I'll just skip the roasting and I won't I won't roast the nuts unless I've already got bought I've got the um you know I've invested in free pre-roasted nuts or um, toasting spices is another one that it often often comes up like you get the, they get you to toast the spices first and then grind them yourself and yes you do get a little bit of extra flavor from the toasting it does enhance it a little bit but the the actual magnitude of the flavor that you get compared to the effort required um, is 
um, yeah, like it's it, often it's not worth it. And again, remember, you're going to learn something. So an, another big one that skipping steps in method is this idea that you need to brown your meat first before you slow cooking things. I like hardly ever do that. Like my Irish makes his Irish stew and he spends hours like softening the vegetables first and like browning the meat. And seriously, he's adding stock already and you get the browning in the like some of the browning in the oven anyway um so that's another that's probably my biggest tip for you is like just don't brown things first just let it all cook in the pot okay and then number seven is to change your cooking technique so again this is getting even more advanced um but sometimes like a way to simplify so if you've got a like a stir fry or something that you're cooking on the stovetop like pan frying that can be like really attention like take a lot of attention like you have to watch the if you're pan frying salmon yet like you have to watch it whereas my oven supper last night it was just like putting things on a tray and cooking it in the oven and yes it took a little bit longer yes the salmon didn't get as crispy as if I had a cooked it in the frying pan but that that just simplified my cooking because I could just you know, put it all in the oven and and do it so that's um yeah changing the cooking technique is isn't always another option to simplify but probably one that you probably that'll be the last one on your list that you'll you'll do and actually a bonus tip for you with that is if you're wanting to simplify in terms of reducing the amount of time that something takes then you know the higher temperature you cook something at the quicker it will cook so my salmon example last night I roasted that at like 250 which is 480 c which is 480 f um, so that's a super hot oven so it only like to cook from frozen it took like 11 minutes right whereas if I had been cooking it at a lower temperature so you know 200 c 400 f it would have taken you know 20 25 minutes probably so that's in changing the cooking technique by increasing the, the temperature can be a really good hack to simplifying in terms of how long how long something takes okay so i've thrown a lot at you so just to recap we've got um, first one is to look for duplicate ingredients next one's to look for critical ingredients Next one is to cheat or no, we're going being be efficient and substitute ready-made or compound ingredients. Number four is to simplify the flavorings. And number five was to simplify the accompaniments or remove a whole component. Um, okay. Number six is to skip a step in the method. And number seven is to change the cooking technique. So what we're going to do now, um, let's jump into our example. So I'm going to screen share. Okay, actually, and is, does anyone have any questions? Anything come up so far? No, we're good. Okay, let's share screen. Um, where are we? Firefox, wonderful cabbage wedges beautiful okay so let's let me open the chart in case okay great so you guys should be able to see we've got our first recipe that came request that came for simplification that came from john was this beautiful shakshuka uh, 
So this is from SBS Food, which is Australian uh, TV station. And it's actually a recipe from a guy who has a YouTube channel called Bondi Harvest. And so uh, I can't remember his name, but he has like beautiful guy turland. There we go. He has beautiful recipes. So shakshuka is this uh, classic Middle Eastern um, be breakfast dish generally of baked eggs and Usually the eggs are baked in like some sort of tomato-y sauce and then served with, with bread as he has done here. And so in this, um, here we go. Well, I was saying serve six to eight and there's only six eggs in it. So it's like everyone's getting one egg each. That <laughs> doesn't sound very generous. Anyway, we won't comment on, um, we're not going to simplify serving suggestions, but just know that that's, that's not a lot of eggs. Um, okay, so we can see, can you can see the ingredients here? So we've got olive oil, we've got onion, we've got garlic, we've got red pepper or red capsicum as we call them in Australia, bell peppers, chilies. So we might do like look, let's we're gonna first we're gonna go through and look at like what are the duplicate ingredients here? Like what can we we cut down? So as and remember, we've got so if he's got garlic onion and red pepper and the chili so if, if I was making a really simple version of this I would ditch the onion and, and the garlic <clears throat> and I would just keep the red pepper and the chili because I, I would want that heat from the chili but it's up to you you might decide no I want onion as well like and or maybe you might decide I just want garlic so of those like I'm going to keep two of them but you can you could choose which of those you wanted to keep then in terms of other duplicate ingredients, it's actually nicely arranged here that we can see the, um, the ingredients together. So the next like category of ingredients that is here are the spices. So we've got sweet paprika, we've got smoky paprika, and we've got ground cumin. So I would, if I was like doing this in my shakshuka, I would either choose one or the other. So because I'm getting the chili, I'm going to keep the chili um, so I'm going to have that heat and I've got the capsicum that's going to provide that kind of sweetness. I would probably um, ditch the, both paprikas and I would just use cumin. But you could dish all the spices if you wanted to keep it radically simple or you might just go, oh, I really want the smoky paprika. I really want that smoky flavour. So you could easily cut back those spices to one or zero or like and, and often you'll see sweet paprika and smoky paprika used in recipes. And I like smoky paprika is tends to have a, like a stronger flavor. So I would just rather than using two teaspoons, like I would just use um, one and a half teaspoons of smoky paprika and skip the sweet paprika if I was if I was doing that. So you can see like already we've like cut down a heap of heap of ingredients by just simplifying the spices. <clears throat> Okay, and then we're going to look at, then we've got the tomato situation. So I said, this is beautiful. That's an example of that this happens often. So we've got, he's used tomato paste, which is that concentrated puree and canned tomatoes. And um, I think, yeah, so really like the tomato paste is adding that, that concentrated tomato flavor. But you're adding canned tomatoes and you're also, he's also simmering it down to cook it down. So I would just skip the tomato paste and just go with the canned tomatoes, the tin tomatoes. Um, brown sugar, that's just there for seasoning to make it taste a little bit sweeter. 
I probably, I would skip that, like, because you're going to have that, that sweetness from the tomato and you're going to have sweetness from the, I'm, I'm, was keeping the red, the red capsicum. So I think like you don't really need that extra sugar, but of course you're welcome to try it with it if you like. Um, then eggs, of course, we are going to need to, we, we will, we will keep. And then in terms of, then the kale is like really the only green veggie there. So I would keep that. Um, and then parsley as well. So because it's got the kale there and that's providing like the color and freshness to this dish, you don't really need parsley on top. Like I definitely wouldn't bother putting parsley on as well. Like sure, it's a, it's nice, but you can, you, you're not going to miss it because you don't have all that green freshness from the kale. So that's kind of looking through in terms of duplicate ingredients. Then if we zoom out and look at, okay, so this is a shikshuka. So what, if we remember, if we were like, what are the key components that we need in a shikshuka? And basically you need eggs and you need some sort of source stuff. So we've got our canned tomatoes to, to be the source and we've got our eggs. So we're ticking the boxes on the shikshuka. I guess you probably need some sort of spice as well. So we've got either, we've got our chili and our, our cumin. So you can see how like how we've already cut it down to like and we so we've skipped the parsley so now we're down to eggs kale canned tomatoes cumin chili capsicum so one two three four five six ingredients there we go <laughs> down from and i don't count, count i would still use the olive oil but i don't count in olive oil as an ingredient when i'm counting because um Yes, so down from like what, 12 ingredients, 10 ingredients, and then crusty bread. He's serving it with crusty bread. So you could totally serve it with bread if you want, or you could, if you wanted to simplify your accompaniments, you could serve it. I, I would just eat this in a bowl without the bread. Uh, but I would also be serving like, way, I would be serving for six people. I'd be doing a lot more eggs than six eggs. Like this is, this is a really small dish. Um, what else? So that's, we've looked at the duplicates, we've, we've zoned out, we've simplified the accompaniments, we've zoned out and gone, okay, what are the essential components? And I think like really there's nothing more to take away from this. I think that that will be a really beautiful dish. Um, and oh, I guess in terms of simplifying the method, he's cooking, the, cooking down the onions and garlic. So I guess, uh, yeah, that's another thing that we could be looking at is like, what are our efficient ingredients that we could be using here? So you know one option could be rather than just using ground cumin you could use a spice blend so you might like to use if you had a Moroccan spice blend you could use that or if you had baharat which is a Lebanese spice you could use that so that's give, giving you a few different spices in one ingredient with the um another like another uh what we call them efficient way to do this was rather than using a fresh red capsicum or fresh bell pepper actually using uh one from a jar that's already cooked and um and peeled and and smoked for you so you could just slice that up and chop it in and that then you're not going to have to cook that down at the beginning uh another like ingredient that's coming to mind as like a convenient ingredient would be rather than using fresh kale where you've got to like um remove the stalks and finally slice the kale and then it's going to take a fair while to to cook through you could just use frozen kale that you defrost and then like squeeze it dry like let it squeeze dry like squeeze it to remove extra the extra liquid and then just chuck that in and then warm it up and that's already cooked for you 
Um, yeah, so heaps of like pretty much we've, we're ticking all the boxes here. So we've, in terms of um, what are our other options, in terms of removing, in terms of simplifying the cooking steps, so we've cut out that first step of having to cook the the onion and garlic because we're not using garlic and we're going to use pre-cooked capsicum. So then we're just starting with the um, and yeah, but he's he's cooking the the um, the spices in to make them fragrant. So we could skip that as well and just go. Okay, I'm just going to put everything like my pepper, my spice, my tomatoes in the pan. Bring them to a simmer, simmer them down a little bit, then add the kale, add the eggs, let them cook for a little bit, and we're good to go. So does anyone? Oh, hang on, Melanie. <clears throat> Let's see. Um, does using powdered seasoning count as simplifying? Yeah, absolutely. Actually, and that's a great, that's another great idea, Melanie, is that you could, we could have, if you wanted to use, like, um, I, I all often use um, dried onion, like onion powder, and instead of cooking up down a whole onion. So when I'm making meatballs, I used to, like, you know, cook down an onion first and then then let the onion cool and then mix it in with the, the meat. But nowadays I just have onion powder in the, in the pantry. So I just put a teaspoon of onion powder in my meat mix. And yeah, it doesn't taste as sweet, but you still get that oniony complexity. So yeah, absolutely. It totally counts. Um, yeah. Or, oh yeah. Like using harissa paste. So that could be something is instead of using the chili and the spices in this, and the capsicum, you could skip all those and just add some harissa paste to the tomato and that would give you some complexity and make a really beautiful sauce. So, yeah, totally, Melanie, great suggestion. Okay, so that's example number one. Does anyone have any thoughts like, or any questions on that or how are you feeling? Like, do you think, is it, are you thinking I could do this? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, good. we've got some nods. Good to see you, Ellen. Um, and um, let's move on to our other lots of good ideas. Thanks, Patricia. Awesome. Yeah. Because if you're feeling overwhelmed, let me know because we can always slow this down and do it a bit more um, step by step if you feel like you need need more support on it. Like there's no no such thing as a stupid question. Um, okay, so this one came from Cheryl. I'm sure Cheryl's on the call, but um it is a Greek stuffed cabbage roll. Um I'm not even going to attempt to pronounce that. Um, that's come from this website, the Spruce Eats. And so you can see here, like prep time's 35 minutes, cook time two hours. Um, sounds like a lot. I think it would take a lot more than 35 minutes to prep this, actually. So what this is, this Greek um, stuffed cabbage roll, is, and mm, I only have one photo, but um, basically it's like cabbage, it's like a sausage roll with cabbage. So there's meat and, and rice wrapped in cabbage leaves that first of all, you have to boil the cabbage leaf, you boil the whole cabbage to soften the leaves and then you mix up the filling and then you get each leaf and you stuff it with the filling and then you have to roll it up and you put it in a dish and then you put some, um, oh, Chris has to go. Bye, Chris. Um, put it in a, a baking dish and then you put some a tomato sauce over it and then you bake it to um to warm it through and to cook the the stuffing so it's pretty like there's a lot of different components to it there's a lot of opportunity for some buying here so I was like yeah thanks for sharing this one Cheryl I love it 
Okay, so we want to, so instead of our, so our Greek stuffed cabbage roll. So again, let's go through the ingredients and look at that first of what we can simplify here. And oh my goodness, can I, let's just, so the ingredient list is, oh no, we cannot, we can just fit it on the screen. <laughs> um, oh no, we can't just fit it on the screen. <clears throat> so we'll have to scroll. So we've got a head of cabbage. We've got ground lamb or beef and ground pork. We've got cooked rice, onion, cumin, fennel, egg, parsley, dill, salt, uh, pepper, pine nuts, olive oil, tomato sauce. So if we're looking, let's go through and look at our duplicate ingredients first. So lamb and pork or beef and pork and rice. So there are the, the, the three filling components. So you don't need, you like it's going to add, like it'll have a different flavor if you use that mix of pork and beef or pork and lamb. Um, but you could choose just to do one or the other. And so like occasionally I might do half and half, but generally I would just go, okay, I'm going to make pork ones or I'm going to make beef ones or I'm going to make lamb ones. I wouldn't, wouldn't mix them up. So that's one easy way to cut back our ingredients. Uh, then in terms of spices, they've used uh, cumin and fennel. So you could just choose one or either of those. So maybe we might do pork and we might just choose the fennel seeds because pork and fennel go really well together. And yeah, cumin would add some background flavor to this, but you're not going to miss it in like in a dish that's really comp complex like this. Uh, and then we've got parsley and in like herbs so they've used parsley and dill definitely don't need both of those so you could just choose so rather than using half a cup of each I would just use a cup of um, one or the other it's a lot of herbs so it's going to be uh, that lovely freshness okay then salt and pepper we don't count them as the ingredients so keep going with those um, okay Elaine's just asked, um, when will the re replay be up and available so I can see what I missed? Um, it will be up, uh, Elaine, depends on how fast my internet is, but um, I'm planning to uh, have it up in the next couple of hours. So it will be, it'll be up today and I'll send out an email when it's, when it's available. Okay, so we've got We've, so so far we've we've got we've simplified the protein we've simplified the spices and we've simplified the herbs so that's great we've cut cut that back down um, in terms of the um, what else we could do so if we're like taking that that big picture thing so remember like we're looking at the title so this is Greek stuffed cabbage rolls so we're gonna need some cabbage. <laughs> And we're going to need some stuffing in there. But apart from that, everything else is up for up for negotiation. Um, so for me, I probably wouldn't use the, the rice. I would just skip that and use extra um, beef because that's just providing um, complexity to the stuffing. Uh, but, you know, if you, you are using the rice, it's going to make it cheaper and bulk it out a bit. So, you know, you might like to keep the rice if that's important to you. Um, but yeah, for me, my filling, <clears throat> so at the moment, the filling has pretty much all the, like it has the meat, it has the rice, it has the onion, the spice, the egg and the herbs um, and the salt and pepper. So I would simplify my filling would just be 
I would probably choose ground pork. I would choose fennel seeds and dill. And you probably, you don't even like, like you could probably even do without the herbs in the filling. Like it is going to add that freshness and niceness, but you're going to have it, it's going to be cooked in a cabbage, like in cabbage leaves anyway. So you're going to get that kind of cabbagey vibe anyway. So you could probably skip that. The egg is something that is often used in kind of meat fillings. And I would don't, don't use it because I find that if, you you slightly overcook it that the texture you get when you've got an egg in binding just makes it really um gooey and not so nice so i would skip the egg and just know that like from when you mix the salt with the meat that actually um <clears throat> acts on the proteins and it, the proteins will start to bind themselves anyway so you don't need that egg to to bind although that's is another way <clears throat> if you're looking for more economical ways to make your protein go further that adding the egg in there is giving you a little bit more protein without um so you might like to keep that like but it, you know it's, it's really depends on what your goals are in terms of simplicity but for, if i was doing this for me i would be it would be pork my filling would be pork fennel seeds and dill and i'd keep the salt and pepper um there's pine nuts, I think they use them in the filling as well. So I'd probably skip them from the filling. Yes, they do add complexity and they're, they're delicious. Um, but, you know, for the sake of simplicity and also like they're a very expensive ingredient. So that can be a good one to, to cut out. Um, so, yeah, that's that would be my filling. filling. And then in terms of um, the, the tomato sauce, it's pretty simple. So we can't really, in olive oil, we need both of those. I wouldn't cut those out and we need the cabbage. So that's We've been pretty good on our um, simplification there. Now in terms of, okay, it so feels, yeah. Can I ask go, you a question there? Um, yeah. Would you replace the tomatoes with passata? Would, it, would that be equal in your mind? Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. Well, they're saying tomato sauce. So that's that's like commercial, like is you know, essentially the same things as passata. That's the same thing. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, I would, that would be fine. Um Okay, so then in terms of like simplifying the steps, as this is this is good. So it really is up to you, like with this dish, how important is it for you that you have these little rolls, or do you just want that experience of pork with the savory meat and the tomato sauce? So that's a decision you can make. So if you might decide, like the yeah you know I'm not so keen I don't really want to be rolling up roll making rolls in which case I've got a, an idea for you but if you did um, let's look at the steps to make it so you can see like how many steps have we got here 13 steps um, so first of all they're like um, the, they're cutting out the core of the cabbage and then they're boiling the whole head of the cabbage to soften it for 10 to 15 minutes until the leaves are tender and can be removed easily. Um, and then they're mixing all the filling ingredients in the um, in a bowl. So that's that we're not going to do that. So if you if you were if you are going to roll up the leaves, you would still need to soften the cabbage. So that's something that you you couldn't skip and drain. Um, and I guess you are going to have to fill them and put them in your um, oven-proof dish. So the opportunity to simplify the steps there isn't, isn't huge if you're attached to that, if it has to be a roll, which is totally cool, not a problem. Like you're, that's a decision, 
a creative decision that you're you're making um and so then we got we've got our yeah so then we so we're rolling up each just pulling the cabbage leaves off putting some stuffing on rolling them up and um and then um putting them in a dutch oven or saucepan with um the rolls drizzling this tomato sauce over the top and putting some water and then they're they're simmering them on the stove top um, for one and a half to one and a half to two hours wow until the leaves are tender and the filling is cooked so I would rather than having it cooking on the stove top where you're going to have to keep an eye on it and you're going to be worried about it boiling dry or it burning on the bottom I would totally cook it in the oven so I put it in a, a <coughs> casserole dish or a dutch oven and just put it in the oven for the same amount of time at probably 200 C and or 400 F and just cook until it, it like until it feels cooked through. Um, but that would be like much more simple for me rather than having to keep an eye on it when I'm, it's on the stovetop. Um, okay, so that's that's one option in terms of simplifying this. And but then if you were like, you know what? The idea of rolling cabbage, like I love the idea of the cabbage and the and the meat together, but the idea of actually rolling, or you might decide to cook this and then you're like, <clears throat> on the day you're like, oh, I really don't feel like standing there rolling cabbage leaves. So what you could do instead, and this is where we're really um, getting a bit more lateral with our thinking, is you could just decide to do something like these wonderful cabbage wedges. So this is where I've like, cut the cabbage up into wedges and wrapped each wedge in foil with a little bit of water so it steams and then just baked it in the oven until the cabbage is really super soft and then serving it with the um oh by max and then serving it with the um with the the and then cooking the the filling rather than than just cooking it in the cabbage I would just cook this filling the cook the meat and the spice in a frying pan and then and add add the tomato to the the meat mixture and then I would serve my cabbage my cabbage wedges when they're cooked with the the meat mix the meat tomatoey meat mixture and probably the the herbs on top so that's like a completely different way to approach it but it's going to save me all that time of boiling the cabbage first and doing all like and doing all that rolling or another way that you might like to do this dish would be like I've got this um, cabbage lasagna recipe and so using this idea instead and so what that is is <clears throat> cutting up the cabbage and actually roasting the cabbage like the sliced cabbage in the oven until it's soft and then when you've got your roast cabbage, layering the roast cabbage with the this meat stuffing in a in a you know a baking dish or a lasagna dish. Um, so just using the meat mixture, uncooked meat mixture and the the cooked cabbage, drizzling your tomato sauce on top and then baking it in the oven again until the meat mixture was cooked through. So you, then you'd have the, the soft cabbage, the meat would be all there, but it would just, it wouldn't, it would be in layers rather than it being rolled around. So you can see how like it's the same, you know, what's going to go into your tummy is the same, <laughs> but the way that you're preparing it is, is different. So, so that is our, oh, I've just noticed the time. Oh my goodness. 
So that is our, our two examples. So I'm going to stop. Oh, actually, and before I, um, before we stop screen sharing, I just wanted to show you guys. So to find the replay for this, I actually have, there's, I've just started a new circle group. So circle is a platform that I use like for community stuff for, um, for simple meal plans. So it's a subsection of the, the the joyful cooking one, but I've also created a section in here just for simple meal plans. And so pop-up classes will go in this pop-up class section. There we go. Um, so the how to simplify any recipe will be in that pop-up class section if you want to check out the notes or if you want to come back to the replay. And I've also put that slow cooker magic class that I did last year in there. Um, and there's opportunity to like, I've also put in the meal plans and started to have those in circle here. So you can just quickly look through and that has like links to the recipes on the Simple Meal Plans website. So fsmp.to, but you can, it's just a new way to access the meal plans. Um, and there's also a bit to share, like I made this, so if you make something and you simplify it, share in the group, I would love to see like your creations. Or if you like, or if you um, if you come across a recipe and you're like, oh, I'd really like to simplify. I think this is what I'm going to do, and you want to check it with me, like do that. Just make sure you give me like a day or so to make sure I see it. But um, that's another option. I've also got a section in here called random ingredients. So if you're like, ah, oh, I've got the like I've just got all these whatever, or I've just found this that I've source preserved lemons or something that I bought for one ingredient recipe that I haven't used you know how do I use it if you want ideas there's the random ingredients section there's a book for questions um dinner diaries is where I'm sharing what I've been cooking for dinner lately so it's really fun um make sure I'll send out the link to this so that you can if you're already a um, member with me of the natural healthy club you can add this into your membership into your circle account and then you can just toggle between the the different circle groups uh, on the side there but it's really um really fun but if you're if you're part of simple meal plans like make sure you set set up your details here so that you can have the community aspect of it as well because um we've got the, so simple meal plans has got the website which has got all the recipes and meal plans and then i'm my vision is for this circle group part to be where we have like the community and where I share courses and pop-up classes and events and things like that so we get get uh, we've got both happening so I think it's going to be a really great addition to simple meal plans okay 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 so if you, I've just noticed the time so if you do need to go please just jump off I've just got one more thing to to share with you um yeah it is it is it's really fun Lisa um okay so uh, that's my notes oh yeah so we haven't done mistakes so so if you if you do need to go like you've got everything you need from this like those key like that mindset shift is everything so if you if you leave with nothing else just that thought that there is no failing only learning like that's going to set you up for amazing simplicity like simplifying adventures uh, and but if you can stay on I've just got three most common mistakes that I think come up that I wanted to talk talk to and the first one so the first one is self-doubt and that's like normal part of being human and normal part of like, if this is a new skill for you, if you're used to following the recipe to the letter, the thought of like going off the recipe can 
like of course bring up some self-doubt like, oh, I don't know if I can do this and the solution there is just to remember our mindset lesson and remember you know if I think something's going to taste delicious it usually does and that that I'm not going to fail I'm just going to learn something like the worst thing is that can happen is I'm going to learn something and also remind yourself you know and I can always add more if I if I if I if it doesn't taste that great so that's our first mistake which we're going to overcome with our mindset next one is that I think is that the next most common thing that can come up is feeling overwhelmed or um, so you're like you actually don't start like it's like it just feels like too much and the solution there is to just challenge yourself to start small. So, yeah, like we've gone through and we've been pretty radical on those two examples in how far we simplified them. But if you had have just, say you were going to make that shushuka and you had have just, um, just, you know, chopped the, like just skipped out, skipped out the onion and garlic and made the rest of it exactly as per the recipe, that would have saved you two ingredients, would have saved you that time softening the onion because it always takes longer to soften an onion than you think. So, you know, you could could have started there really small or maybe you could have just gone, you know what, I've got the kale, the kale looks nice green enough, I'm going to skip the parsley. So challenge challenge yourself to just, oh, okay, this is, I'm feeling overwhelmed. What's this, like, what's the smallest step I can take? Like, what's one tiny thing I can do to simplify this? And, or you could ask yourself, you know, what would Jules do if she was here with me? Or you could um, post in the circle group and ask me and then I can share. So, um, <clears throat> so that's, yeah, that's really, that, that's really key. Is yeah, that's so overwhelm. Remember, it's a feeling and it comes from our thoughts. So we want to just nip that in the bud and just, and I think like having that thought, like what's the small asking yourself that question, what's this, what's just one tiny thing I can do here is your brain will come up with our brains love to answer questions, so it will come up with, a, with this, an answer. Um, okay, and then the third mistake that happens, like when we simplify stuff occasionally what's going to happen is it's not going to taste as good as you thought it would or that you were hoping it would or it's not going to taste as good as when you made it before following the full recipe and that of course no big deal what the solution of when things when for the first line of defense if something doesn't taste taste as good as you like is to add some salt to it because and oftentimes like that is enough to to fix the problem um, so what I always do is like I have salt at the table so I can adjust the seasoning at the table if I need to. So that's a um, main solution. And then this, the second solution is to add some acid. So what I mean by that is lemon juice or, or vinegar. And if you've taken my joyful cooking class, you, you're well aware of how to season with both salt and acid. And if you haven't taken joyful cooking, you should totally do that next year. Um, but in the meantime, just if you like, if you're not sure if you've added some salt and it still doesn't taste that great, then a squeeze of lemon or a squeeze of lime is a really good next step because that can add that freshness and vibrancy that you, you might be missing. Um, and then you can always add, uh, you know, something else. You might decide, oh, I'm, I'm going to add some her extra herbs or I am going to add some nuts or I'm going to add just whatever. Trust your instincts and know that, um, that yeah, like it, whatever you think is going to be going to be right. So that's it for our mistakes. So, yeah, mindset is really everything with the mistakes and then just lack of flavor, salt, acid, or a flavor bomb, like something that's going to add, add a lot of flavor, we'll do that. Um, okay, so that's it for today. So does anyone have any questions or are you, how are you feeling about 
Is everyone excited to simplify? Lisa's got a thumbs up. Amazing. Yeah, we've got some nodding. Good to see. Yay. <laughs> so fun. It is it's like doing this and like, and also I can think another thing to remind yourself is when you do it, like celebrate yourself for doing that. Like, oh, look at me. I'm like going off the recipe. Like, this is fun. Like, and reminding yourself that like, like bringing some playfulness into it is really, really key. Um, okay, so I've given you, um, so yeah, the replay, I'll post it in the circle group. Um, actually, so I'll just paste, if you want to grab now, I'll just paste into the chat. Here's the, um, the link to add, to either set up your circle details or to add circle to your existing um, circle account to add this new simple cooking section um, group into your, into your existing circle. Oh, I just sent that to direct message. Let me send it to all. Okay, so yeah, just typed that link there. So if you want to grab that, that can that'll add circle the the new circle group into your account, so you'll be able to see the replay. And yeah, do share in the group. Like I really want to see like what you're cooking, what you're excited about, and in other recipes too. Like if you if you um, if you're excited, like if you see something, you're like, oh, I really want to try this, like post it in the group, share it with it. Like it can be a recipe from anywhere. Like I, I'm always open for new new ideas. And, um, you know, I love if you get a new cookbook and you really love it, like share in the group. Like I think it's such an, I think that's the thing that's been missing on Simple Meal Plans is that that community and that, as, that aspect of sharing. So this having this circle group is going to really make that um and if you're new to Simple Meal Plans, if you've just joined for this, this class, welcome. Um, yes, I'm excited to have you have you aboard. It's a really fun adventure that we are going on together. Okay, so that's it for today, everyone. Thank you so much for those of you that were able to be here live. It's good to see some familiar faces. Um, Ellen said, came for a refresher and found I remembered. Having tried almost all, Ellen. She's ahead of the game. I love it. <laughs> I, I know this. So good. Okay. Yeah. Have a beautiful day. Have a beautiful weekend, everyone. And I will see you guys soon. Okay, bye.